What's up, guys? Thanks for listening today. We are joined by special guest Dylan Morgan, owner of Property Doc and one of our go-to home inspectors. We talk all things home inspection, whether you're buying, selling, or owning. We do lose Brandon a little bit towards the end there, but all in all, it's a great episode, and we're super excited to share this knowledge. Remember, surprises do kill deals. So whether you're owning, selling, or buying, having a home inspection done to do your due diligence is especially important. As always, we appreciate you listening to the Tribe of Wealth podcast, and feel free to reach out anytime. We hope to hear from you soon. What's up? Hey, Austin. How you doing? Doing all right. How about yourself? Doing well. Glad. Uh, it's very typical on these podcasts that our guest is the first one in, and Brandon usually struggles to get logged in. I don't know why he's been doing this for a year now, but um, we will see him when he gets here. But now you're doing okay? You got inspections all loaded up today? I got only one at one o'clock today. Sounds like the morning off to, uh, well, to do this podcast, but also just to take care of running the business too. Yeah, shoot. I can't imagine. Brandon, you made it. What was that? First try? Second try? Yep. First try. Sorry about that. I ran to the bathroom real quick before we started and then got your message. I was like, shoot, I'm coming. It's real. It's realtor time starting five minutes late. So, uh, <laughs> well, the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess you haven't formally met, but Dylan, Brandon, Brandon, Dylan. Dylan, um, thank you for joining us, man. I really appreciate it and hope to, uh, hope we can meet in person here soon. Yeah. hope so. Yeah. So Dylan's been helping us out a lot lately, especially on, um, some of our inspections, but Really just looking forward to chatting. You and I obviously talked, I guess it was two weeks ago now, at Becky's inspection, our most recent one together. Um, But really about, I wanted to touch on home inspections today and kind of what they are, what they cover, the the ins and outs. But more importantly, um, I wanted to focus a little bit on how we share that with people. Uh, Dylan, you and I kind of talked about it briefly, just the, the, the video, the constant posting kind of that constant contact idea so um are you getting a lot uh we'll just jump right into it dylan are you getting a lot of follow-up or feedback or even just questions from folks after the inspection or is it kind of here's your report let me know how i can help and then the other sides take over does that make sense kind of what i'm asking yeah so and i actually i was a little surprised by this um from what i thought it would be like when i got into this business but um, yeah, I get questions, of course, at the inspections, and I always tell people at the end, if you have any questions later, call, text, or email. I get uh, responsive. I'll get back to you. And I almost never hear from them. Uh, they don't usually have questions after the inspection. So I'm going to chalk that up to that my reports are thorough enough. That there like... we go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say next is, hey, that means, it, that means we're, we're understanding what you're providing. No. Um, that that's interesting too, because that's kind of been my general consensus. I mean, I hate hate saying this, but as long as I've been doing this, um, <laughs> no, the uh, it, it's kind of kind of similar. Is is once you get through the inspection, it's either a a green light or a red light. And if the red light comes up, it's usually let's find something else. Um, if the green light happens, it's usually okay. As long as we can get some of these things fixed, we'll be okay. Yeah, um, yeah I, was, I was about to say. He's- you know, it sounds like you're mostly a green light there. I haven't had too trouble with a lot of houses. I feel like not having a lot of questions, even though you might want them, it might be a good thing because it's saying, you know, hey, he said, you know, Dylan said we're good. We're rocking and rolling. Let's go. Yeah. We don't need yeah. to worry about this. Let's get this financing done and close. So, yeah. That's, yeah. That's cool. I, and, you know, I, I do get a, I get occasional questions here and there. Sometimes <laughs> months later, it might be a client that's like, hey, do you know anyone that um... – that does good landscaping or something and so that's yeah. that's where i you know that's why i have the recommended vendors on my reports too to try to oh, give people cool. a resource for that that's really um, cool that's... well let's back step a little bit then um can you give us your your basic <laughs> inspection 101 i mean it's probably similar to how you would explain it to a first-time home buyer but uh just briefly what a home inspection covers and what it what it really is is looking for uh, so it's a it's a visual inspection of anything that we can see and reasonably access <clears throat> during the home inspection time. So um, you know, we're looking at just, just starting with my own 
process that I follow. Uh, typically, the first system that I inspect is the roof when I get to a, a house. And so uh, I now I inspect roofs with drones. Um, there are some inspectors that walk the roof, and there's also some inspectors that just look from the ground or from the ladder. Um, I've liked the drone. I feel like I can more consistently deliver the same level of inspection with the drone than I can dealing with the limitations of what kind of what roofing systems we can walk on and what we can't walk on. But, That's what I was just about to say. Yep, yeah. um, secret for you as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it, yeah, there's definitely some benefit for me too. It saves some time, some energy. Um, it, it's it's been really reliable for me. It worked well. But uh, so I'm looking at the roof systems, looking at flashing for the roof, the chimney, um, and then I'll I'll move to the uh, the site conditions. So I want to look at the the yard, especially immediately around the house within the first ten to twenty feet. Um, I'm looking at vegetation to see if trees are overgrown, um, if bushes and shrubs are too close to the siding, which can increase moisture levels. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I, I do a perimeter around the house at that point, and I just inspect anything I come across at that point. Um, so once I run into the HVAC system, I'll be taking a look at that. Um, and then I, I move inside, follow that same process, just do a perimeter around the house to make sure I get every room that there is to look at. Um, in the kitchen, uh, so we're actually, appliances are not within the standards of practice for home inspections, but I don't know of any inspectors that don't test appliances, and I do, <laughs> I do too. Sure. Uh, it's kind of an important item that you want to know if it works or not before you move in. So, Well, we've seen a lot, and we'll touch more about this, I'm sure, in our conversation. <clears throat> we've seen a lot, especially lately due to the nature of the market, a lot of people are... Um, if the appliances convey there, there are a lot of times as is or, mm-hmm. um, or something like that. And not to put the cart too far ahead of the horse, but just because something conveys as is doesn't mean we don't want to look at it. I yeah. tell our buyers all the time, Hey, the reason why we're still having Dylan come look at this house as a home inspector is so even if the sellers maybe not covering everything or, or if you waived in a repair amount or something like that, we still want to know what's going on with the house. And that's what I love so much about your report. I actually got one up right in front of me. Um, so I can make sure I don't miss anything, but, uh, it's cool because kind of like what you just said is, is it's an overview of the whole house from outside in and whether you're getting the repairs fixed or not, some of these things are from general recommendations to maintenance, to priority issues. Do you want to touch a little bit on that? Um, kind of what a different repair versus maybe maintenance might be? Cause I feel like that's the most questions I get is cosmetic versus defect or. Yeah. I feel like people ask, you know, yeah. what should I fix? before I buy this house versus mm-hmm. what's okay and, and kind of, you know, it just needs to be fixed maybe within the next two, three years. Yeah. I do think there's often questions about that. So this is the double-edged sword of, <laughs> as you can see in my report, I, I color code things. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I debated on that, uh, but I, I found it to be a good, uh, a good thing to do just to give, to give that client an idea of what in here is actually urgent versus, small minor okay if it doesn't get done tomorrow kind of Mm -hmm. stuff um so anything in my report is a defect um it just might be a really tiny defect gotcha and i like i don't put anything cosmetic in there um so for example caulk seal that's uh, almost in every report there's almost always at least a little bit of caulk on the outside of the house or around a countertop that needs to be redone Mm -hmm. but I'm not necessarily going to mention that the caulk line along the stairs is cracked because to me, the caulk line at the stairs is a cosmetic issue and there's nothing, there's no damage that can really be done to the house just because it's cracked. Versus if there's a a caulk line missing from around a a window where the the J trim for the siding uh, meets up with the whatever trim they used for the window itself, that could let in moisture. I was going to say, now we're talking some moisture, some intrusion issues. That That's a little bit more versus kind of what yeah. you're saying. Are you referring to like stairs inside the house or like? Yeah, from, I was from, talking about stairs inside. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Make so, sure it was uh, <laughs> Yeah, but that would be a blue item, which is my preventative maintenance and minor. Um, gotcha. Yeah, minor sweet. fixes. Mm-hmm. So, but oh, then yeah. uh, if I see, and it doesn't always have to do with the cost either, because for example, Anything that's safety related or actively causing damage to a home, like let's say there's one shingle that's damaged on the severely damaged on the roof, one single shingle, 
that just got wrecked by a tree or something. And mm-hmm. I can see that it's letting in water um, mm. into the attic. It's going to be a red item because yeah. every time it rains, that house suffers more damage. I'm really glad you brought that up too, because that's probably my most common conversation with buyers is kind of what Brandon just said is what, what are we looking at needing to get fixed? What are, what are the major items and that sort of thing? And um, it's not always as easy as just saying, look for your high dollar items um, because of what you just said. And, and I'm really glad you brought that up because that's really what our job is with the inspection is we want to make sure you're getting, you know what you're getting um, that kind of no, no hidden secrets type thing, but also every house is going to have issues. Uh, it's, I mean, 99.9% of homes are still built by humans and there's human error involved and you're dealing with a bunch of subcontractors and then the, just a simple age of homes. Um, I mean, the most recent one we did, I think was 50 years old or 45 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have those conversations a lot with buyers is look, I, I mean, whether it's a brand new house or 50 year old or hundred year old, there's going to be issues and there's going to be issues subject to that age of the home. Um, and that's what I kind of, I like that you noted too. Um, whether it be roof, windows, HVAC, some of these things that can be changed or updated over time doesn't always mean that they're issue-free. Yeah. I love that you used that shingle example, just being one single shingle that could (laughs) let water in. Just because that's that's the stuff that I love to bring up to people and why I think that an inspection is so useful and important in the home buying process. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, and if you have, for instance, if you have a 60-year-old woman who's buying a home, she's not going to know what to look for in that regard. Same if you've got a first-time home buyer who has no clue. They're waving their inspection on, on an offer. That one single could turn or shingle could turn into a whirlwind of problems yeah. a year after they buy the house and they never caught it. They never went into the attic and never saw yeah. that. Yeah, um, so even so if you are going to get know. that negotiation to fix it on the, on the, on the transaction, you know, that shingle goes overlooked for a year, now you've got water coming in for a year, causing mold growth, uh, moisture damage, oh, yeah. plus the expense of trying to track it down later. Another uh, so great yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people think they might be getting this inspection to figure out what they're going to ask the sellers to repair. But sometimes it's not even that. It's just getting that report so they know what to expect once they buy the home. You know, yeah. what, they, what they're going to need to kind of put in order or at least pay attention to after they get that key. Yeah, And that that's one of my biggest hot butt items right now. Um, Amy on our team, she and I actually just had a conversation about this yesterday. It's one of her listings that she was getting an offer on. Uh, but we're seeing this time and time again where people are, quote unquote, waiving inspections, like you just said, Brandon. And personally, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to go about doing it. And fortunately, most of our team shares this thought. Uh, all of our team shares this thought that as a buyer, you always want to have an inspection done. And so what I mean by right way and wrong way is kind of what Brandon just said and and Dylan touched on it too, is you can have a home inspection done and waive your right to ask repairs by the seller. You can also cap a a certain repair credit amount. Um, But regardless of all the different negotiation strategies, the number one rule or underlying principle there is we still want as a buyer to have a home inspection done. To what Dylan just talked about, if one shingle is gone, well, yeah, it may seem a bit um, silly to ask for a seller to fix one shingle as competitive as the market as we're in. However, based on what we just talked about, the the issues that that one damaged shingle can cause or lead to down the road is something worth noting. And so that's always a good idea to have your report, your list of um kind of color coded, but also priority issues of saying, Hey, this is what we need to get done before you even consider buying this house. Um, I really, really like that piece. Uh, Brandon, do you want to kind of touch on, cause this is in addition to the defect question, the next kind of question, and these go hand in hand that I get often on my side is people confuse a home inspection with an appraisal. Um, I'm not going to confuse the appraisal with the assessment. That's a conversation for another day. Um, yeah. But the the appraisal, people often mm-hmm. say um, they're going to inspect it for that. So maybe you can touch a little bit on the appraiser's inspection, and then Dylan can kind of maybe cap that off with what they look for that appraisers typically miss. Definitely. So your your inspection is usually uh, 
a cost that's outside of closing, so it won't be included in the mortgage fees and call, closing costs with your down payment and things like that. So something that's paid out of closing, POC. Um, and it should be. <clears throat> let me let me let me pause you real quick there yeah. too. Uh, it should be because that's kind of another question I get is like, oh well, if we if we don't have to pay for an inspection, that's a savings. And I'm like, look, I mean. $500 for an inspection for you to know what is going on with How that house. How do you house. feel about your mental health? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, exactly. It's, it's a, it's a very uh, worthwhile expense in my opinion. Um, and that's something we, we have with the expectations conversation early on with buyers is, Hey, let's, let's keep in mind 500 bucks for this home inspection. And I know it's typically a little bit cheaper than that, but we round up to be conservative. Um, it's a cost well spent and well worth it. Um, but no, that's, that's important enough that it is separate. And then you own that home inspection. That's another cool thing too, is that report is yours. So when you buy it, when, I mean, this happened on Sunday when we just did our most recent one, uh, two Sundays ago, I guess it was now, um, we did the inspection and, and I had the report from Dylan, I think before I even pulled out of the property because the buyer had already paid for it. It was ours. We were able to go over it that next day or that same day. Um, so that, that's really important. All right, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine. Um, so typically, how I bring up the inspection is that once we get after con- once we get under contract, I typically ask, "Hey, are you planning on getting an inspection?" I ask the realtors and the buyers that question typically. Um, and the way, you know, whenever I get questions on what that even is, the way I typically like to explain it is your inspectors telling you the ins and outs of your home and how much life it kind of has left in some of the aspects that you know are in- inside under that roof and and on the roof. Whereas your appraisal is strictly a snapshot of your home's value. So the inspection tells you the ins and outs, and the appraisal tells you what your house is worth. And I like that, too, because um, I think where people get confused most often is uh, depending on your loan type, there are certain maybe structural concerns or safety concerns that are quote unquote inspected, but it is not the same as a full home inspection. And I feel like that's gotten us, not us particularly, but us as a industry into a little bit of hot water because maybe inexperienced agents or inexperienced buyers are sitting there looking at it. Well, I can waive my home inspection because the appraisal will catch anything that I need to have fixed or major. And that's not always the case, especially when we're seeing more desktop appraisals or more waived appraisals and so on and so forth. Exactly. Your appraiser is not going and, and, you know, like you said, he's, he's checking the, he's going as far as even checking the appliances. Your appraiser's not doing that. The appraiser's not getting on top of the roof. He's not opening doors. He's not doing that stuff to make sure things work. He's not checking, checking, you know, the structural items that might be in the basement. Now, if he sees, you know, a beam leaning, that's going to be brought up, but he's really not going, you know, far, you know, over and beyond to really see what your house is, is, you know, capable of withstanding where the the inspector is doing that. You know, they're getting on their hands and knees and they're figuring out what's going on in the crawl space or up in the attic. Your appraiser's just, once again, it's that snapshot. Let me see if there's comps you know, the other houses that relate to this and rock and roll. And I like that you brought that up too. And, and maybe we can loop uh, Dylan in here to go into a little bit more detail on his side of things too, because I relate the appraisal, at least when I'm talking to buyers, uh, when they ask me, well, what, what's the appraiser technically looking for? Or what are they going to flag? Um, and maybe this conversation comes up when I'm meeting with sellers too. Well, do you think the appraiser is going to note that? Um, I like to, loosely related to normal eyes or your everyday human walking into a house, if they would consider something a safety concern, then the appraiser is probably going to do the same. Um, whereas an inspector has gone through significant training and, and licensing classes and that sort of thing. They're looking for uh, a lot more specifics, kind of what we already talked about briefly. But um, Dylan, do you want to go over a little bit more of maybe some of the things that you see that are caught most often, I don't know about inspections. I mean, we all love the the M word, the mold that's in most Virginia crawl spaces. But um, yeah, the safety I know you have some liability can, uh, stuff. But yeah, the safety issues can get real nitpicky sometimes. Um, but yeah, so mold um, mold growth anywhere, whether it's uh, on the interior of the house, which would actually be way more of a concern. <laughs> um, but in the crawl space and the attic, 
any mold growth. You know, that's a red item in my report and probably most inspectors reports because you know, we don't know people's mold sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also don't know what kind of mold it is. So some kind of mold isn't really a problem. Some of it's really bad. Um, and <clears throat> uh, interesting note here. Uh, the reason that mold growth can still matter in an attic or a crawl space, even though it's not part of the conditioned space in the home where people spend their time, is that your house experiences pressure uh, variations. And so if you have a negative pressure in the home that's sucking air in, um, when you've got all your doors and windows closed, it's pulling that air from wherever there's a gap. So if there's a tiny little crack in your ceiling, it's sucking air from the attic into the interior mm. space and with it it can pull those mold spores and then you you. that's why it still matters but still it's not you know it, it's we, we've all seen mold and cross species people sharing, living man. there uh generally are healthy so um now uh i derailed myself there okay so safety issues uh also things that i that i commonly see would be um missing uh ground fault receptacles in, mm. um, in wet areas, which would be kitchen, bathrooms, garages, exterior. Uh, those receptacles will trip and shut themselves off if they get wet. Uh, so it protects those occupants from being shocked. Uh, it's kind of like in the old horror movies when someone drops a, a hairdryer in the bathtub or something. And <laughs> some stuff. So it prevents yeah. that from happening. Um, that's a common one that you know, most people don't really know about because I mean my outlet, you know, a receptacle tester is not an expensive tool, but no one really has one of those laying around unless they're <laughs> unless they're an electrician or something. So, um, oh, here's this is a this is one that I almost roll my eyes even putting in my report. But uh, people oftentimes don't follow the same codes with their um, decks um, oh, like they're supposed safety to. Safety railings. Yeah, I mean, especially yep. like whenever it's a. Whenever it's a home-built deck, like the owner did their own their own back deck, and and they probably they probably think they did a really nice job on it. <laughs> um, but I mean, sometimes I, I tear these things apart because you'd be surprised how nitpicky it really is, and how many little technical details there are in a back deck that ensure occupant safety. And that could be a, something as simple as a graspable handrail. Yeah. Um, which is that you have to there has to be a handrail that's less than two inches in diameter. Um, that you can grab as you go up the the deck stairs, and oftentimes they're just not there. Yeah, um, is that a big deal? No, not really, but it's still a deficiency technically. It has to be noted, right? Exactly. Um, decks Remember. higher than than thirty inches off the ground that aren't supported by their own structure, like a girder, they have to if they need joist hangers, um, or they need to be notched uh, so that the joists aren't fully supported by the nails. Um, the balusters can't have more than a four inch gap. Uh, you're, the the stairs themselves can't have more than a four inch gap under them, or you need to have a kick plate. I mean, just mm-hmm. all these these little things that the average person that doesn't have that training would never even think about. Mm-hmm. Especially today with the cost of lumber, you're like, yeah, hey, that's a couple thousand dollars to put a few kick plates in now. Yeah, really. Exactly, exactly. We need to we need to be strategic about how we ask for these some of these repairs. No, but I'm I'm really glad you brought that up too because um, one of my favorite things, and I say it a lot on this podcast, I'd probably say even more so off air, is um, I like to let the experts be the experts. And so when people start asking me home inspection questions, obviously I can talk about home inspection at length, but um, one of my favorite tools, so to speak, is using the right people. So a lot of times it's very often that I say, hey, let's go ahead and get Dylan to take a look at that. Um, I keep bringing it up because it's our most recent one, but our last inspection, I think Becky asked me like nine or 10 questions and every single one, it's like, let's go ask Dylan. Let's go, let's go see what Dylan thinks. Let's go ask him. And that's intentional though, because I want them to hear it explained the way you just explained that to us is, Hey, there's a lot going on here. My -hmm. job is to put it all on paper and report for you. And then as a team, we can collectively say, Hey, what, what's the highest priority items? What do we need to worry about now? What do we need to worry about over time? What do we need to keep an eye on? Yeah. Um, and that's like re- that, that recap at the end is yeah. really critical for getting to, for setting the right expectations because hundred percent on almost any house, I think, you know, sometimes people get overwhelmed just by the sheer number of findings. And yeah, oh, yeah. Like, even on a new house, I might find like 15 things. Yeah. And they're like, Oh my God, there's so much wrong. And I'm like, ah, let me give you some comparison on an yeah. house. It's not uncommon for me to find 80, 50. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Well, and it's kind of like what you said earlier. The the cost of cure is is really the most important thing. I mean, it is, it is, and it isn't. But um, at the same time, I've seen very lengthy reports that are what I would consider punch list items, and then I've seen short reports, but they are very costly repairs. So, um, mm-hmm. kind of what you just said, the length of the number of items isn't always the telltale factor, um, and the the experience that the buyer has is, or the age of the home. I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play here, but uh, I mean, it doesn't always, there's not a cookie cutter way of doing a home inspection. I think every property has their own issues. Yeah. Um, and so it's really important. Like you just said that, that recap and make sure everybody's on the same page, especially now in a constant moving market. Um, we have a lot of people that are either buying from out of state or moving here or relocating or, working a job. And so it's very difficult to sometimes attend these couple hour long inspections for the full time for our clients. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's a conversation I have with people is, Hey, can you get there either at the beginning or at the end? So you can yep. either meet, meet with Dylan at the beginning, lay out any expectations or concerns you have up front, or more importantly at the end where we can go over everything. Um, now, again, any chance that they can't make it, I, I do think that that availability that you have for all your clients and that report that comes through makes it really easy for them to feel like they were there. Yeah. Um, it's just probably another conversation in and of itself, but, uh, but that's, that's something that's really unique too is um, the, I guess it's the technology. I mean, you touched on the drone thing earlier, but, but the quality of the report becomes important. Yeah. Uh, and that's one thing that I think has kept us, <laughs> kept our partnership growing is, um, the quality of your reports, but also your repairs request estimates. So you have a lot of tools in there that make it really easy for the realtor, but also for the client. You want yeah. to touch on those for a second? Yeah, I really got to, I got to give a shout out to Spectora. That's the the software I use. Uh-huh. Um, and I do, I think that um, it's one of the things I identified when I was, um, I, I have a, a four-year degree in entrepreneurship from VCU. So I, I approached this a little more academically before I got into home inspections. And That's awesome. one of the Sounds things like I identified right as a huge area <laughs> of opportunity was uh, the, the uh, home inspection businesses often suffered from, uh, you know, being just outdated. Like they, they didn't want to embrace uh, newer technologies and systems, especially if there was any significant cost associated with them. Um, and so right off the bat, you know, from day one, I was really trying to build my business with like, I was like, I don't really care about the cost alone i care about the value yeah and if i have to pay twice as much for it but it delivers 10 times as much value it's worth every penny spent 100 percent. software is one of those things and the funny thing is i have what i what i believe is the the best um inspection software that's available to us right now and i think it's also the most expensive <laughs> but at the end of the day the software is like a thousand dollars a year right and with the, I mean, the yeah. amount of work I'm doing, that is just not there. I have much more significant expenses than my oh, software. Sure. Yeah. The software saves me tons of time uh, and it delivers way more value than I could buy on my own to the realtors that I work with, to the clients um, with all those tools and features that you were talking about. I don't have the resources or the skill set to be a software developer as well as a home inspector. Um, and so in that report, I've got, you know, it allows me to build it out with the, you know, the, the categorized issues. Um, I can put in, I can plug the repair estimates right into the report for ease of use. It's got the repair request builder, like you were talking about. Um, photos. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, a lot of photos and description. That's something, especially kind of back to the point where uh, clients can't always make the inspection or make it for the whole time. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the questions I get most often now too, is, well, how do the sellers know what to fix? And I, I feel like I'm, beating my head against the wall i'm like they see the same report you do like it's it's not that that complicated but uh, yeah. but at the same time it's it's kind of the, the entire point we're making is the more value that's in that report the easier it is to get those defects addressed because they can say oh okay it's that shingle because this photo shows exactly the right one there's an arrow pointing to it and it says back left corner of the house yeah um so that makes it really really easy like you said for the realtors but also for whoever's doing that repair job yeah, and I, I spent a lot of time in the beginning, and I still spend a lot of time on it, not, not as bad as what, when I first started, but I, it was almost a full-time job just building out that software with all oh, those yeah. narratives and stuff that you see in it, because a lot of that stuff at this point is pre-written, because I've, I've cool. seen it before. 
Yeah. Um, and so and every time I see something new on a house, that's a living document. So every time I see something new, I write the narrative in a way that it could be reused in the future and save it mm. into the template. Um, so it's a compounding effect that allows me to just move with, you know, a little bit, a little bit more efficiently every time. And it's good quality control to make sure that the comments are always written the way that they should be without even silly stuff like typos. Yeah. Um, I like that. Slow. And it, it's kind of like what we were saying too. I mean, the quicker you get that report as a buyer, especially in this, this ever moving, ever competitive market, mm-hmm. if we need to have that, I mean, I'll give a, a hypothetical scenario. If there's $10,000 worth of repairs needed and the seller is not willing to go over five, well, we need to make a decision there pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. so the sooner we have that report, the sooner we have the estimates, the sooner we have the defects, a lot sooner we can get on with the negotiations, the transactions and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it, it does, it provides a lot more weight to the conversation that we're having both with our client and the other side. The other piece of it is it allows me, if we do need to get something over to a contractor or to a engineer or somebody that needs to take a closer look at something, I have that report. I have those estimates handy, the photos. A lot of times I can do it without them even taking a look at the property. Yeah. Um, we have a couple of contractors that are, that are pretty quickly, uh, pretty quick to get estimates to us as far as a cost to cure. And I, I yeah, would think it all good. goes hand in hand with, with your report. You know, um, one of my, one of the things that, that I always kind of makes me smile is when I get a, uh, I get a appointment sheet from my office when they've scheduled something and it'll say, you know, the agent or the buyer has requested to get the report same day, if at all possible. And I'm just yeah. like, clearly they haven't worked with me before because they're getting right. that report <laughs> as soon as I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like it too. That's I mean, I've done, I've done, I've probably been on hundreds of inspections at this point and I've seen everything from people walk around with a pen and paper and then have to go home and type up the report later to, um, my favorite, which is pretty much what you do, which is walk around with a cell phone and that way you can snag the photos, the report, everything's being generated on the spot. Um, yeah. And I really, really like that because nothing's getting missed that way. Uh, I mean, no offense to the old fashioned folks. And I have a lot of pen and paper sitting all over my desk because I do still love it. Um, but again, yeah. you, you use the technology that's available to you. Yeah, you just and you just hit it too. It's like the, there's so many benefits to it, really. But and, and another one is the quality control because you can't overlook your notes. You know, yeah. you're writing it as you go. Um, and so, it, you know, it makes it, at least for me, my reports are very consistent. I never forget to inspect something. I never miss a note. I never don't write enough for myself later to understand what I was saying. Yeah, you know, it's just mm-hmm. never an issue. And that, I, I like that, too, because, I mean, kind of to keep using our roof shingle example is I'm not moving on to inspect the next part of the house until I've noted this repair needed. <laughs> Um, or this defect needed or this photo or whatever it may be. And it, it makes it um, so, like you said, it's almost like a punch list or a checklist of items to, all right, we're checking off the roof. We're checking off the major systems. We're checking off the exterior and you're going down and you're noting the defects. And then it, it produces that in the report too. So it's easy for dumb guys like me that only know <laughs> very little things to, to sit there and go, okay, all right, now I can, fa- I can filter through this report. Um, as realtors, one of our jobs is to negotiate with our clients or on our clients' behalf. And uh, this is the one of the biggest pieces is an inspection. So the easier it is on us to see clearly what needs to be addressed and what doesn't makes our job a whole lot easier. So I, I applaud and appreciate that technology, too. I've got Brandon, I get, for you. Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead. Um, so, I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't. So, so first off, you're an extremely important piece of whether you're you know you're buying a house or even maybe getting ready to sell and want to kind of bite the bullet up front to make sure that there's nothing drastic that you should fix before you put your house on the market but do you do anything or do you recommend getting a house inspection after a certain amount of years of you living in your current home do you do you kind of recommend coming back and and hiring someone like yourself to come and say hey all right i've been in this house for five years Let's see yeah. if anything's changed. Let's see if there's anything wrong. Do you deal with that at all? Yeah. So, and so personally, I'm a firm believer that the ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm. Um, I'm probably not the average person, but you know, I always I go to the doctor every year. I go to the dentist every six months. Um, I take my car in. For, sometimes I have my truck inspected, even if I don't need the inspection, just because I don't want my truck to break down and cost me a job. <laughs> um, and I drive like thirty six thousand miles a year, so it. You know, wear and tear happens fast. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but the same thing goes for a house. I, I try, I'll admit it's a tough sell. I get maybe 
a, a handful of maintenance related inspections in a month. Um, the average person just doesn't, they don't, they don't operate that way. You know, for sure. a lot of people, they don't really want to pay someone to come in and tell them what's wrong with their house. Right. It's just adding stress to their plate. Um, <laughs> I hope that I haven't really crafted the perfect marketing message for that, but I'm hoping at some point I can convince more people um, to, to spend the money on that just because, well, since I come and inspect the house eventually when they sell it, I see how much damage can be caused by what would have been a $200 fix. <clears throat> now it's a $5,000 fix. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and I'm maybe glad... that's something that we could help you with just, I mean, we're constantly reaching out to our past clients just to check in how they're doing. Maybe that's something that we could, you know, save this conversation for a later date, but maybe we need to brainstorm a way for us to include you into that conversation and just say, hey, um, you know, if you're not looking to refinance, you've been in your house for at least three years, it might be a good time to get an inspection. Well, especially cheaper too, and, you know, make sure that everything's still good. And especially for those people that maybe had to waive their inspection or they were, uh, I've seen some people that not our team, but I've seen some that in order to waive inspection, they maybe bring an inspector or a contractor to the showing Mm -hmm. and they do an abbreviated, Hey, I'm going to do a 30 minute look over this house, but that's not a full inspection. You can't inspect the house in 30 minutes. If anybody says you can, they're lying. Um, and so that's kind of the other piece of it. The other, the, 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 point that you touched on that i really like is the pre-sale home inspection we used to do a ton of these back in the earlier days in my real estate career and dylan kind of touched on it when you are the seller and you are not under contract or so the owner i guess in the states you're not a seller but you're just the owner of the house if you do a home inspection nobody's telling you who to use to repair those items so you have those abilities to either call a general contractor or a handyman or somebody like that that can come in and maybe fix a bunch of different things at once. Whereas if it's a buyer of your house, they're going to want a plumber to do the plumbing job, the electrician to do the electric, electrical jobs. And so it does add up um, cost to cure. But kind of the point Brandon just said, too, is even if you're not planning on selling your house, just knowing those items that you need to take care of. Uh, maybe maybe they were preventative measures before that you didn't necessarily do the job you're supposed to to prevent. And now they've turned into something a little bit more extreme. I think that staying in touch with these people like we do on the value of their home, um, I call it a wealth checkup for their equity, can also be done for their condition of their home. I like that you brought that up, Brandon. That's a really good idea. Yeah. I, I You know, the um, the advantage too of having the um the inspection done preventatively is uh it get you know it, it can help keep your deal from falling through too because yeah. even on an as is inspect uh, uh sale um you know a lot of those are written in a way where the buyer can still walk even if they can't ask for anything uh-huh. if i go in there and find a twenty thousand dollar problem they can just you know, even if they have to give up their deposit, you know, they can just walk away and go find something else. And yeah, $1,000 is a lot less than 20 K. Yeah. Yeah. And as you could, as I'm sure you could um, relate to Austin, you don't, a seller doesn't really want to have to go through a transaction twice. No, no. It's, it's like shooting well. yourself in the foot. I mean, I say it constantly. It, it's right now, especially I call it hidden inventory. Um, anything that you see, that's been on the market for a while, or especially if it's come back on the market, Brandon and I just talked about one yesterday. He sent me a text. He goes, has this really been on the market for three months? And I go, well, it came back on the market. If it comes back on the market, it's like lost inventory at that point. People just don't see it or they assume something's wrong with the house. Uh, if you find a $20,000 repair needed on a house, a buyer's first thought is not who's going to fix this. It's what caused this issue. Because even if it gets addressed by the seller, I've seen things where costly repairs are taken care of by the seller and the buyer still doesn't want to buy the house because they're like, well, what what made that happen? It wasn't the seller. It was something wrong with the house. And so kind of what you just said is that inspection is peace of mind more than anything, uh, whether you own the house, whether you're selling it. I mean, surprises kill deals. And that's that's probably going to be the title of the the episode by the way that was a good one surprises yeah, I love, do <laughs> i love the uh i love it when the listings come back up they're always defensive uh, oh yeah it's all, say, back on nobody will say no fault of the seller nobody will ever say which <laughs> yeah. is actually a, no fault is, that the seller didn't take care of their property for the yeah it's really funny <laughs> because it's a uh it's a loophole that's been taken advantage by rar agents for a long long time um you do not have to disclose 
why the contract fell through unless it is a material defect or a structural concern to the house that wasn't addressed. So if Dylan inspects the house and is like, yo, that foundation shot, it needs the whole thing redone. And the seller's like, I'm not doing it. And it comes back on the market. Well, yes, the seller is being deceitful then in that case, if they don't fix anything, but if it's an issue that the buyer wants fixed, seller fixes it, buyer's still not comfortable and backs out. Seller doesn't have to say anything. They say exactly what Dylan just said. Buyer financing fell through or at no fault of the seller. And so there is a little bit of a gentleman's agreement there, for lack of a better word, that you and, and to kind of the original point of the whole episode, get your own inspection then. Just because it had one done doesn't mean. Austin, I did a, a uh, I did an inspection last week for a buyer that was not represented by an agent. Oh, nice. uh, but there was a listing agent. So I guess yeah, she'll probably double in that deal. But I'm glad to hear they at least got an inspection, even though they didn't use a real estate agent. Yeah, stupid. But you know, (laughs) sorry, yeah, the country. Yeah, I and I agree with you on that. I, I I actually, I mean, nothing against the listing agents. I just, I, I really hate to hear when people don't use a buyer's agent because it doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't cost them anything. (laughs) The listing agent's job is to get the seller their best terms or their best situation, not the buyer. And the listing agent even said something that kind of made me cringe because, uh, you know, at the end. Uh, I, you know, I was working for the buyer, so I didn't really go over everything with the listing agent, but, uh-huh. um, you know, I, I said, she said, did you really find a lot of issues? And I said, I, I mean, I found an average amount of issues. I said, he didn't seem like he was too caught, you know, uncomfortable with anything I found, but I guess ultimately it'd be up to him and, uh, and he'll either take it or he won't. And she said, well, he can't, he can't not take it. So whatever contract he signed, he's, oh. he's committed one way or another apparently and i think a buyer's agent probably could have could have helped him with that but anyways uh the listing agent asked if she'd be copied on the inspection and i said yeah i have your information here i can make sure you get it too as long as the buyer's okay with that sure and uh and then like five minutes later i'm sitting in my truck and i guess she thought better of it and um she drove by and she said actually can you not copy me on that and i was like yeah yeah no problem sir because uh, she knew that I the house wasn't in perfect condition. It did have it wasn't really falling apart or anything, but it did have a lot of maintenance needs. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess she figured out probably from comments the buyer had made relayed to her uh, from what I was finding that there was it was a big report, and she decided that she just better not to have a copy at all. Yeah, <laughs> so ignorance she, is bliss in that yes, scenario, yeah. which is terrifying as an agent to hear that and go, uh, so. <laughs> What are we not disclosing here? But it's kind of the whole point of it is a seller's agent or a seller's job in this scenario is to represent the seller. Yeah. And if it is not a material defect or something that causes safety or structural concerns, they don't have to disclose it. Um, just like if somebody died in the house, that's one that's one of my favorite. You don't have to disclose if somebody died in the house. You have to disclose that there was a meth lab, which is something sure. different. But um, but you don't have to disclose if somebody died in the house, which I think is is in and of itself its own issue, but it's very similar to the inspection stuff. Um, if I if I don't know something is wrong with the house, I don't have to disclose it as an agent. Um, same thing as a seller. It's a little bit more of a gray area there, because but they're not under the same rules and regs under DPOR that we are. And so uh, we, meaning inspectors, agents, any really, really anybody licensed. Um, so I, I, it's really interesting you brought that up because I feel like knowledge is power and that's kind of the whole point of what we're talking about is, is if you are planning on owning a home, it is worth your while to know what is going on with that house defects or not. Um, and then kind of the whole point of that conversation was get your own representation. Please don't be uh, trying to buy houses without an agent, unless you're getting a really good deal. And even then have an agent like one of us look over it for you. We do that all the time. Um, yeah. And so I think it really is important there. It kind of brings a whole, uh, representation question into uh into consideration which we're seeing now more than ever as people are getting caught up in the minutia of the purchase price or the fine details of what they're spending and not looking at long-term real estate should be long-term which is why we do a home inspection because <laughs> you're probably going to live there for a couple years at least and so you don't want to have a money pit or like you said earlier the horror stories that we see with things falling apart or maintenance issues getting out of hand and that sort of thing yeah um Brandon, do you want to add anything to that? I feel like you see a little bit different lens on home inspections than what I than what obviously Dylan and I do. But um, not, I feel like I'm really, honestly, I'm I'm very much on the same side as y'all. I, I think it's an extremely important piece. It like you know, like we already discussed, it terrifies me when I hear people that aren't getting it. 
even if it isn't as is, get an inspection done. You don't have to ask the seller for anything like you agreed with, but at least know what you're getting into. It's like and that's buying a, good a car point. without test driving it. Like, yeah, without test that? driving it or, you know? or having somebody look over it. Or Yeah, exactly. And, and that's a good point, too, because um, so Amy on our team, she and I were actually having a conversation yesterday. Uh, the way th- there's an as-is addendum that you can add um, that our board puts out that you can add to the contracts. And the way the as-is addendum is written – actually, let me backtrack a little bit. So buyer and seller, typical transaction, buyer is in charge of their own home inspection and paying for it. If it is a house that that is on well and septic, it is typically the seller's responsibility to have that well and septic inspected. Same thing with termite inspection. On pretty much any house that's using a loan, a termite inspection is usually going to be required, and it's usually up to the seller. Now, the as-is addendum that's put out by our board, meaning if both parties sign it and agree that this house conveys as-is, it puts all of those inspections on the responsibility of the buyer. And Amy and I were just having a conversation about this the other day, basically saying, why, if we were representing a buyer, why would we ever agree to sign one of these? And the point of it all is to kind of make sure everybody's on the same page that the seller's not doing anything. But to me, I read that addendum as a seller benefit, not a buyer benefit. And it's exactly like what you just said. Um, it is much more important. If, if a seller is not willing to sell you the house because you're, you're refusing to waive even so much as having an inspection, it's usually a red flag. Yeah, um, there's if, something wrong. Yeah, if they're willing wrong. to let you have a look at it. And that's how most of our conversations, when it is competitive about inspections, most of our uh, conversations and, and, and in the end negotiations involve some sort of repair credit or cap, um, which is my favorite way to do it. So it's Dylan still gets to inspect the house. Um, we still get the full report. But anything that's maybe considered a minor repair uh, oftentimes we do like $200 to fix or less per repair will get waived or the buyer will, will take that on. But that does give the protection kind of like what we just talked about, where if something big is found um, that surprise isn't killing the deal. That's one of the especially, things that's, it's, uh, sho- go ahead, Brandon. No, no, you're fine. I'm joking. One of the things that's just been shocking to me um, and not just because I'm a home inspector, just the way that, that I would generally go about uh, big purchases is um, like, I mean, I would rather just keep, you know, I'll just keep renting, you know, if I, if that's the situation where, you know, I'm a first time home buyer or something, uh, uh-huh. I, I don't want to buy something bad enough to just, you know, expose myself to that much risk. Yeah. I'm 100% you know, with you, especially when you're talking about stuff that might be five, even let's just say 5k. Yeah. If you're a renter, your landlord's taking care of that. Mm-hmm. And, and like you mentioned, Austin, um, you know, if I can't get a home inspection done at all, I'm wondering why. Yeah. Um, and it's I not bad. Do you need to sell this try house to, that I can't? Yeah. Yeah. It's not even because I, even if I'm not going to use it, I know it's a competitive market. So even if I'm not going to use it to try to renegotiate price or anything, it's just I want to. I feel that when I'm buying an asset that's worth two hundred, three hundred, five hundred, a million dollars, I deserve an opportunity to do my due diligence on that. And I'm not buying, I'm not touching it with a 40 foot pole. If I can't have my due diligence done the way it's supposed to be done, it's a shortcut. I'm not willing to take it. I'm surprised how many people are taking it. Yeah. It's the biggest financial purchase. You're getting desperate though. Everybody That's makes in their life. Yeah. And, and, and the, what I see more often than not is people treat a real estate transaction the way it used to be where I'm, where the buyer is competing with the seller. And that's not the case anymore. You are not competing with the seller. You're competing with the other buyers for that house. Yeah. And so that's why people are being pressured into waiving inspections. And I'm air quoting that (laughs) is um, we see it all the time. Well, so-and-so is waiving inspection. Well, I can't compete with that, but I'm giving you 10 grand more than than so-and-so. And and I'm agreeing to waive smaller inspection items or something like that. So that's why it kind of goes back to the original conversations that Brandon and I have probably way more than we should is there are a lot of pieces to a contract and it's not always about the dollar amount and it's not always about closing date or something like that. And and that's something that I've been saying at, at nauseum probably this year is you're competing with other buyers. And yeah. like what Dylan just said, if you are being forced to not do your due diligence on the property or not be allowed to keep looking. There's enough good houses out there. I do not know a single person that is in their lifetime forever home, according to statistics. According to statistics, people move every five to seven years. 
And so now I know some friends that are like, I ain't never moving again, myself included. <laughs> but I've also said, if I move again, it will be waterfront. So if I fall into a waterfront property, who's to say I'm not moving? Hey, you um, and me both. Yeah, exactly. So maybe another state at this point too, but who knows? No. Uh, and that's kind of the thing is that no matter what happens, we can't control life beyond a certain point. And so the odds of you having to move again are very, 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 very high. And so uh, it's kind of like what we're saying is you need to protect that investment by doing your due diligence on the yeah. house. Uh, and it helps resale. If you go to sell a house in a few years and you never inspected it the first time, it's going to be a probably a messy inspection. Um, no offense, but you're probably yeah. going to have some things that you didn't expect wrong. Um, I can probably count on one hand how many homeowners will actually go in their crawl space willingly. So, <laughs> which is where a lot of the stuff is found because it's it's not looked at very often. I would like to throw out to getting an inspection will decrease your chances of having to get a reinspection on your appraisal report. Oh, and what I, I mean by that is if Dylan goes out and he sees that on that back deck that there's not a railing along the stairs to protect and keep that owner safe. If the appraiser catches that, the appraiser is going to come back after you just spent $500 on your appraiser report. And he's going to charge you 150. I was say he's going to cause just to come back out, isn't it? Exactly, because he's going to basically set state that this house cannot close until there Unless, is a railing yeah. and it has been reinspected to assure that it's done properly and safely. So you know, if you had just gotten an inspection up front, maybe Dylan had caught, hey, there's no hand railing on here, and appraisal is going to, you know, bite you on that. You know, you can kind of bite that and saving your client money up front. And that's a good point, too, because that's one of the things that I look for as a broker owner of the team. Whenever I see a home inspection come across our board, um, when we're a listing a seller representation, especially, that's a conversation I'm having with the seller, depending on the loan type. But a lot of times if I see some, I comb through those. And if I see a, a repair that I think is going to get noted by the appraiser, um, I try to have that conversation with the seller early on is, hey, we're going to probably have to take care of this anyways. Let's go ahead and add that to the list of things, no matter what else they ask for, that we go ahead and knock out. Because it doesn't behoove anybody for those type of things to get flagged by an appraiser. Um, I'm really glad you pointed, pointed that out. because, um, Or just in general, uh, there are certain repairs that I feel like most buyers are in agreement that, hey, we're not moving forward unless this is taken care of. And so the fact that those are caught oftentimes within a week or two of putting a contract on a house allows for some of that flexibility, especially in the competitive market for you to make those changes. If you need to, you're not stuck on a house. If you get in there and like Dylan said earlier, as an example, you get into there as $20,000 worth of foundation repairs, even if you lose your deposit. And sometimes you don't even do that, but sometimes you're looking at it like, all right, cool. I'm out 400, 500 bucks for an inspection, but I didn't buy a house that needed a full new foundation repair. Yeah. And so you can move on to something else and uh, not to play, both sides of the coin, but that seller should hopefully then be in a little bit better position to sell their house too, even though it might cost them more money. I mean, nobody wants to be living in a house that has <laughs> that many issues, whether you're living there or not. So, you know, um, the, the, another thing just for, for framing on that too, is uh, that, yeah, you, you, let's say in the situation, you know, you did find some really bad stuff and walked. So you lose your thousand dollar EMD, you lose $500 to the inspection, but actually you, your process worked exactly as it was supposed to because that $1,500 was an investment in protecting you for something you weren't prepared to deal with. Yeah. That's a really um, good way of putting it. Um, and that's what we say. I mean, when I have the early expectation conversations with people interested in buying a house, whether you're a first time home buyer, 10th home buyer, doesn't matter. Um, we have very similar conversations no matter what. And a home inspection is always explained as this is an investment to do your due diligence on the home. And that $500 or whatever the inspection may cost is a investment worth having or worth making. Um, I have had numerous times where people have paid for that and backed out of the house. And whether they get their deposit or not, they've looked at it in the long run and, gone, and said that that's well worth it. Um, that's an expense. And that also shows why you do need a little bit of liquidity if you're going to buy a house. Um, obviously, there's a lot of great grants out there and a lot of you don't need 20% down or anything like that. But you, you will need some sort of cash on hand to hopefully inspect the house, do some of these things like we're talking about. Uh, otherwise, you're gonna, it's going to be a lot more difficult of a transaction. Yeah. Well, cool. Brandon, do you want to add anything to that? Are you even still there? 
Brandon hung up on us. <laughs> Where'd he go? That's disconnected. Oh, well. We'll just keep talking. Um, <laughs> no, there was another question I had for you, Dylan, and now I do it blank because Brandon left us. Um, it was something to do with the last report we had. Now I don't know what it was. Sorry, I lost my train of thought earlier. I don't know if y'all noticed. <laughs> oh, it's, this happens. And this Butter is what makes it fun, words. though. Is, this is what makes it fun, though, is we, we want this to be as laid back, and hopefully our listeners are understanding that, hey, this is a relationship. It's a partnership. Your inspector, your agent, your lender, they should all be on the same page. That's intentional. Uh, one of the favorite things to say, I mean, it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, I'll text Dylan or I'll figure out what time he's going to be here or um, I mean, we've had a couple where you might beat the realtor or myself and the client there. And so you start exterior anyways, we, we, we rock and we roll. That's what I was going to talk about. The technology piece earlier, I had a note written down to come back to it. Um, it also makes time go by, I guess, for lack of a better word. It makes it a lot quicker of an inspection, um, which allows for everybody to be a little more optimistic. Um, there are a few things that discourage a buyer or a seller more than when an inspection is taking multiple hours that immediately triggers problems with the house. Um, even if it's not, sometimes it's just a large house. I had a seller that was complaining that the house took three hours and they had a 4,000 square foot house. I'm like, well, <laughs> what did you expect to happen? Um, and yeah. And so, I mean, it just, it, everything takes time if they're doing a proper inspection, but having some of those technology pieces, some of those tools in our disposal where you can make sure you're getting good quality notes and photos and everything as you're going through, does speed up the process without sacrificing quality, yeah. uh, which I think is really cool. And I think the time thing is maybe focused on a little too much sometimes because it's some, there's just some oddball things that can really add time to an inspection. And it has nothing to do with the condition of the house. doesn't always have to do with the size of the house. I inspected a 5,500 square foot house one time in two hours. Wow. No but, issues. Well, so uh, very little off, issues. First off, yeah, it was in good condition. So there yeah. was less time, you know, chasing down problems and writing sure. comments. But the main reason that I got that house done so fast is because what it really was is it was more of the footprint of probably a 3,000 square foot house mm. with a fully finished basement and a finished attic level. I would have had to inspect the basement and attic, whether it was finished or not. Ah, I see what you're saying. So the fact that it's finished is a lot more uh, maybe simple checks yeah and also because that's part of the square footage of the house but the house physically isn't any bigger Um, in some ways i wonder sometimes if it'd be better to do inspections based on the gross square footage of the home and not the finished square footage because of that that's a good uh, point but yeah that's a good point it doesn't and i can inspect a you know a 1500 square foot house that's just got yeah it's just a weird shape or it's got odd features that, that i have to spend a little more time on or the crawl space, crawl space. <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah the, the, how long the inspection takes is not always an indicator of the condition of the home or a, even the skill really, of the inspector yeah oh i love that you brought that up i mean i had one this is one of my favorite stories to tell it was actually the second house ever i sold so it was over 10 years ago and i pulled up about 30 minutes late to the inspection maybe 45 minutes late and no i mean it had been communicated and the inspector was basically walking out of the house when i pulled up and i was like what are you doing and it was 1200 square foot rancher it wasn't even <laughs> i mean it wasn't anything special I and mean, he's coming already already out and i i think i had just done an inspection with him he was my dad personal inspector so i i knew enough about home inspections going into it that i was like all right cool two three hours uh probably pretty reasonable it's an older rancher house and and he's coming out and i'm like what are you doing and he said oh the house burnt to the ground four years ago and has been completely rebuilt so there was i think like three things found in the whole thing <laughs> um and i was like well damn how come all the inspections can't go by this this <laughs> this easy <laughs> uh needless to say that did not set expectations very well for me for inspections moving forward um but it's one of my favorite stories to tell is that it's like you just said it, it is not an indicator of condition or defects or or problems just based on time um probably on the other side too if i've seen some some not so good inspectors fortunately i've been on the other side of uh, or the listing side of things, but I've seen inspections go by very, very quickly, and it's probably because things were missed too. Um, yeah. So, so it kind of on the opposite end is just because it takes a long time doesn't mean a lot is wrong with the house. And if it goes by very quickly and it's not one of our preferred inspectors, that could also be a red flag that things yeah. were missed or overlooked. Um, 
no, I think that's that's really important to note there. Uh, and, and it kind of comes back to our original point is you have to trust those that are in your core, or in your tribe that are taking care of the system. That's the whole point of this is if you're buying a house, we want somebody that we know, like and trust. that's going to do their due diligence on that on that property. And I think that's why we're, we've been working so well together. Um, cool. Well, do you have anything else to add? to um i guess we can wrap up here soon i don't want to walk, talk too long in fact i prefer brandon said can y'all hear me nope nope probably on mute <laughs> uh, but no no dylan i really appreciate you jumping on especially after last week we had planned on doing this last week and then had a little bit of uh baby scheduling conflicts on my end i'm pretty sure i hear them screaming downstairs as we speak <laughs> um so <laughs> But at the same time, uh, do you have anything else you want to add? No. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It was uh, nice to talk for a little bit, talk real estate for an hour, and hopefully uh, your, some of your listeners find some value in this. Absolutely. And that's that's really why we do it. Um, my favorite piece of the podcast is you can always come back to these episodes, but we don't do it for thousands of thousands of listeners. We do it for the one that gets value out of it. So I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this inspection episode as we mentioned earlier, surprises kill deals. So the point of an inspection is to have that knowledge at your disposal, whether you're buying, selling, or just owning a house. So Dylan, as always with Property Doc, I appreciate you joining us. We don't know what happened to Brandon, but I will sign off for him. Brandon Riley with Southern Trust. And then as always, Austin with Eden Properties. This is the Tribal Wealth Podcast, and we appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks, Austin. Thank you, Dylan. See you.